Shabbat Shalom, everybody. This week's Pasha is uh, Pasha Toldot. The birth. These are the this or these are the uh, generations of uh, Yitzchak ben Abraham. And it goes on to tell a story about Rivka, the wife of uh, Yitzchak, Isaac, gave birth to two nations. One was Esau, Esau, who was the first born, and the uh, second was Yaakov. And then we go on to a story about one day, one day Esau was out in the field, came back, because he was a hunter. Traditionally, this is the way they explain it. And uh, Jacob was, was cooking a lentil soup without all of the different uh, commentaries here, which are very interesting. But I, I'd like to get to the point uh, that uh, the Zohar touches upon. For for the other commentators, you can you know can readily it's readily available. And uh, he says, I would like to have some soup. And Yaakov Jacob's remarks are, sell me your birthright, because he was the first one to leave his mother's womb. <clears throat> and Esau says, well, I'm, I'm about ready to die. He says, what do I need this Bechorah? And uh, Jacob makes him take a note that he has indeed sold the first right the, the rights of the firstborn. And that's the end of the story. It's a very, very strange story. Uh, from the Zohar, we know what the firstborn means. It's a, uh, it's a child, male child, that is born with the the ability to provide us with an opportunity of Pidyon Haben, which unfortunately I, I don't want to dwell on at this point, but there is so much that we uh, we have been discussing on the firstborn and the significance, and I think there is in fact a take. So for those of you who don't know what the redemption of the firstborn uh, means, you can, you can uh, find enough Kabbalistic material from the center to become fully knowledgeable in that in that area. But this is what it's about. A story, of course, a story in Torah obviously goes far beyond 
that of that which we superficially uh, tap into. The firstborn, in fact, inherits two parts of any inheritance, as opposed to other children who get one portion. The uh, the firstborn, according to Torah, should get twice of what other children will receive. Now that that idea of firstborn is related to what the Zohar says to the ability of a firstborn to become a vessel for both the angel of death and the angel of life. Two powerful angels. And therefore, this firstborn should undergo redemption, meaning the removal of this aspect of death. And that's why Pidyon is so extremely valuable as a tool to eliminate what we call the death energy. It's an energy. The angel of death is an energy. And as I've always said in previous discussions of that firstborn idea, is that people die of heart attacks, or other the other thousands of different descriptions that a physician might wa- might write as cause of death, there is really only one cause of death, and that is the death energy force, which is which is penetrable by the angel of death, and then it becomes manifest in whichever which way. But the cause of death according to the Zohar, is that death force. Consequently, Pidyon Aben removes, has the ability, as we all sit and, and, and we gather around this, quote, ceremony, and we all participate in this redemption meaning. This is the opportunity that if that death energy force known as the angel of death, might have penetrated my very physical essence. Pidgin have been provided me with that opportunity. Now, Jacob wanted to receive, he wanted to receive this birthright. Is, Is it something you sell? And how can it be sold? And furthermore, he wasn't born first. Uh, We're talking about something metaphysical. And it's sold for a little lentil soup. It's obvious that, as, as with most sections, or not all sections, of Torah, the moment we begin to question and delve just a little deeper into that which is written, we come away with saying, hey, this absolutely doesn't make any sense. And that's what that's what Rabbi Shimon said about this entire Torah. And that is, it really makes no sense. None of it. <laughs> 
Not certain sections. Even the Ten Commandments don't make sense. That's right. Oh, we have the the moral and the moralist, the moralist and the and the uh, the ethicist who say, "Well, that's you know that's an important thing, you know, honor thy father, thou shalt not steal." That, but there is a far greater significance and meaning and interpretation to to that which is the way we have come to interpret interpret such such an incredible document, an incredible tool to improve our lives rather than commandments. In any event, this, this is a story that we're going to be reading about. And of course, the Zohar goes into a much deeper and lengthier discussion on this matter. But firstly, I just want to bring it to your attention for those of you who will be perusing this section. And the answer, according to the Zohar, which is so profound, so profound uh, into, into the, the, uh, the aspects, the phases, the, the, the uh, infinite levels that exist in uh, in, in consciousness and that's what this is all about but before I go on to the Zora's kind of explanation or clarity as to what really took place here now I'd like to connect another section further on where where Isaac before his demise says I want to bless my children and of course he calls the, the uh, eldest son, Esau, and says, you know, you are my firstborn. And I want you to bring me food, etc., etc., because I want to bless you. And then what happens is Rivka overhears, Rivka, Rebecca, the wife of Isaac, overhears that this conversation between Isaac and Esau and says to her son, Jacob, I want you to prepare food and, uh, and tells him the discussion that Isaac says, uh, go out and uh, hunt for some food for me because I want to bless you. And because he's the firstborn, that's why Isaac was going to give him the blessing. And then Rivka tells Jacob, you know, bring him that same kind of food that he likes. And of course, Asaph was hairy, you are not. Uh, we'll, we'll cover your arms with something that could resemble a hairy person. Again, one of those stories. And I'm, I, I'm really abbreviating the, uh, the, this because it's so, it, it, it's so beautiful, so vast, and so comprehensive insofar as learning the lessons of life. And 
subsequently improving our lives. But be it as it may, and now here comes Jacob impersonating his brother Esau and says, I'm your firstborn. And the commentators say, well, you remember, Jacob purchased the firstborn rights from him, so now he is indeed telling the truth. He is now the firstborn as opposed to Esau. And says, therefore, bless me. And he blesses him. And then, of course, Esau returns and says, now bless me. He says, but I've already blessed somebody. And he says, oh, Jacob robbed the birthright from me. But Esau, Esau, you sold it. You sold it to your brother. And from that moment on, Esau and all of the descendants of Esau will forever, ever hate Jacob and uh, his descendants and so on, which certain commentators explain as the origin for the hateful, the hatred that exists between other nations and Israel. When we discuss blessings, we want to be blessed, may God bless us. What we're in effect referring to is a connection to that flawless universe where that energy is not polluted, has no admixture of, of corruption, of evil, of negativity, etc. Blessing is the antithesis of all that is negative. And there is an energy known as energy of blessings that are forthcoming whenever we make a connection to that kind of energy. And what scripture is trying to teach us that energy or energies of specifically blessings which emanate from the tree of life reality can only come first of all via and through a channel that has that desire to channel that kind of energy as someone who is evil or someone who doesn't want to channel blessings. Does everyone want to want to be concerned about helping others? The answer is no. Unfortunately, most people in the world are more concerned about themselves rather than about others. But as we have learned in Kabbalah, the concern of others is the unique and particular way as to how we become blessed is by caring and sharing with others. And so this section is providing us with an opportunity that, that first of all, we have this kind of consciousness to understand that when we are speaking with people, and they may be people with a total envelopment of evil, these people are channeling negative energies. And they are people, I'm saying, 
people who are totally devoted to complaining about everything, complaining about everybody, being envious of everybody, bad-mouthing everybody. This is the antithesis of, of blessings. And so there are people who carry this kind of energy. And therefore, what happened here was in this idea of selling the birthright, what he was doing is selling, because Bechor and Baruch are the same letters, blessing and firstborn uh, comprise the same letters. And so they're one in synonymous of each other. Even that redemption of the firstborn is bringing life rather than, rather than death. And so this idea that was later carried into the section where, where now Isaac wants to bless What Torah is teaching us again, it was Isaac, Isaac, that sensitive, that tolerant individual who cared and shared for others, for he was, he was that central column, as he would be noted, as it is stated by Yaakov Ishtam, he was complete. What does that mean? You, as we have learned, the three-column system makes for a complete energy, a wholesome energy. Any disruption between right and left columns called short circuitry. And therefore, Torah is telling us that Isaac was merely fulfilling the teachings, the disciplines, the blessings that this is the kind of individual that not only can share, but also receive. For he was receiving blessings from Isaac on the basis that he would ultimately share these blessings with others. So this section is talking about life and death. And hopefully through our reading and listening to Torah this week, this Shabbat, that we will be connecting to life and to make this point and to make this point so clear towards the end of the reading in chapter um, 27 verse 46 we have a small cuff small cuff and as you should know by now, that small letter kuf, which is a long letter that extends below the line, below all other letters, it now appears as one letter within the frame of the of the of the other letters, same size. The kuf we know is that letter that furnishes the sustenance to the klipot, to those evil inclinations so that they can keep, just barely keep alive so that as long as they have a purpose in this world, and they do have a purpose because another would be bread of shame as I've stated on so many other occasions. 
that we have this opportunity in this word, katsti, meaning end. We're talking about where Rivka says to Isaac, katsti v'chai. Kind of displaying an end. This is almost like putting an end to my life without going into the whole story. And so here that kuf has been reduced, meaning we have an opportunity here to deflect, prevent that energy to prevent the negative surroundings around us, the negative energies that try to envelop us and penetrate into our very essence. That we have this opportunity to keep ourselves protected by this security shield known as this small kuf. And with that, to enhance our lives with a prolonged life of existence, one filled from the tree of life reality. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, Derek.